Good morning, everyone. This is Father Nate, missionary priest in Italy, and thanks for joining us today, January 14th, on No Greater Delight, our podcast on Marian feasts and Marian meditations. Well, today we're struck by a very interesting set of feasts. In Sevilla, in Spain, they celebrate La Divina Pastora de las Almas, right? So that's like the, the divine shepherdess of souls. And likewise, in uh, Venezuela, they also celebrate La Divina Pastora. That's in Santa Rosa Lara in uh, Barquismeto um, Cathedral. So uh, there's not a whole lot on the devotion in Spain, but in Venezuela, we know that around 1736, the pastor of Santa Rosa Catholic Church in the town of the same name, Santa Rosa, in central Venezuela, had ordered a statue of the Immaculate Conception. However, what he got instead was a holy shepherdess statue ordered by the pastor of a church in nearby Barquisimeto. He immediately tried to send the statue to its rightful destination, but all of a sudden it became so heavy that nobody could move it. And so, Santa Rosa kept the Divina Pastora, who is now the patroness of the state of Lara. On January 14th, 1855, the statue was carried in procession during a cholera epidemic, and that epidemic ended that very same day. Since then, every January 14th, a team of men carried the statues of the Holy Shepherdess, the child Jesus, and sheep, in a large processional shrine, a large processional shrine from the Basilica, in a large processional group probably, from the Basilica in Santa Rosa to the Barquismeto Cathedral, accompanied usually by millions of pilgrims, some barefoot. Likewise, today we celebrate the inauguration of the church in 1945 of Nostra Signora di Fatima in Fiano. Uh, Fia- Florianopolis in Santa Catarina, Brazil. Likewise, we also celebrate uh, Nuestra Señora de la Palabra, which is like Our Lady of Speech or of the Word, near Montserrat in Spain. It's called this because it's, it's told that she restored speech to a dumb man in the year 1514. So the man couldn't speak, and miraculously, through the intercession of Our Lady, he was able to speak again. And lastly, on the Isola Tiberina in Rome, we celebrate the Madonna della Lampada, Our Lady of the Lamp, right? So what is this? Well, it's a fresco from the 13th century, which is found in a little niche. Well, in 1557, on January 14th of that day, there was like an incredible rain, right? And so the image actually remained underwater for several days. You think like, well, it's a fresco, like that's going to destroy it. Oh no, on the contrary. When the image was uh, reappeared, like unsubmerged, if you will, it was... um, more clear and like fresher than before and the oil lamp which always burned in front of it uh, it was even like like was still lit right still burning so that's what we celebrate today january 14th in the marian world as we continue working our way through our meditations on mary our mother taken from the writings of saint john henry newman we continue with this section regarding Mary's great dignity. And today, in our meditation taken from his meditations on the Litany of Loretto for the month of May, John Henry Newman considers the title House of Gold. It's one of the invocations in the Litany of Loretto. So what does this title mean? And what does it say about Mary's dignity? Well, let's listen to what John Henry Newman has to say. Why is she called a house? And why is she called golden? Gold is the most beautiful, the most valuable of all metals. Silver, copper, and steel may in their way be good to the eye, but nothing is so rich, so splendid, 
as gold. We have few opportunities of seeing it in any quantity. But anyone who has seen a large number of bright gold coins knows how magnificent is the look of gold. Hence it is that in Scripture the holy city is, by a figure of speech, called golden. The city, says St. John, was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. He means, of course, to give us a notion of the wondrous beautifulness of, the, of heaven by comparing it with what is the most beautiful of all the substances which we see on earth. Therefore it is that Mary, too, is called golden, because of her graces, her virtues, her innocence, her purity, are of, of that transcendent brilliancy and dazzling perfection, so costly, so exquisite, that the angels could not, so to say, keep their eyes off of her any more than we could help gazing upon any great work of gold. But observe further, she is a golden house, or I will rather say, a golden palace. Let us imagine we saw a whole palace or a large church all made of gold, from the foundations to the roof. Such, in regard to the number, the variety, the extent of their spiritual excellences, is Mary. But why called a house or palace, and, and whose palace? She is the house and the palace of the great king, of God himself. Our Lord, the co-equal Son of God, once dwelt in her. He was her guest. Nay, more than a guest, for a guest comes into a house as well as leaves it. But our Lord was actually born in this holy house. He took his flesh and his blood from this house, from the flesh, from the veins of Mary. Rightly then was she made to be of pure gold, because she was to give of that gold to form the body of the Son of God. She was golden in her conception, golden in her birth. She went through the fire of her suffering like gold in the furnace. And when she ascended on high, she was, in the words of our hymn, above all the angels in glory untold, standing next to the king in a vesture of gold. 